Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with you today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Ryan O'Neill. You know him better as Sleeping at Last, and it's the Enneagram 7 song. We're just going to use it for a few more shows. I just love it so much, you guys. I just can't quit it. I just love Ryan's work. If you're not listening to Sleeping at Last yet, you guys go now and listen. He is amazing. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends at IJM, International Justice Mission. Y'all know IJM is a global nonprofit working to end slavery, like literally end slavery and violence around the world. They go into some of the deepest and cruelest pain, and they bring the full force of the law, which I love that IJM partners with local authorities to provide justice and healing. Over 50,000 individuals are set free thanks to people like you who sent IJM to rescue them. You cannot know how many That Sounds Fun and Annie and Eddie Keep Talking listeners have become partners with IJM, and it makes such a difference, and we're so so grateful and so proud to be your friend, really. There are thousands more, y'all, children, men, and women who are still waiting for rescue, and you can make a difference in their lives and join your friends listening by becoming a Freedom Partner. Freedom Partners give monthly so that IJM can show up monthly to rescue people from slavery and walk with them as they heal. Visit IJM.org slash change lives to be a part of this movement for good. Again, that's IJM.org slash change lives. Today on the show is a fan favorite, just like earlier this week with Lauren Aikens, Banning Leapshur. He was last on the podcast for the 2018 Christmas party. He was episode four, but Banning has a new book out called The Three Mile Walk, The Courage You Need to Live the Life God Wants for You. And as you'll hear me tell Banning, that book absolutely changed my life this summer, y'all. It absolutely changed my life a couple of weeks before my birthday. It was really, really important to me. And I, so I called Banning and said, will you please come talk about this on the podcast? So I think you're really going to enjoy this conversation. It's full of peace and full of wisdom. And man, when, when pastors get a chance to pastor us right now, I'm, I'm just always grateful. So here's my conversation with author and pastor of Jesus Culture, Banning Liebscher. Hey, Banny, welcome back to the podcast. Oh, it's great to be with you. Always love being on your podcast. You're so kind. I just really love having you on here. I can't I can't tell you enough how much your voice is a, a voice of peace for me. So you being on here is such a joy. Well, thank you. Okay, we got to jump in because we just have some things I need to discuss with you. And I'm going to start with, I don't know if you know this, but I turned 40 this summer. I yes, I, that's a big number. Yeah, right. Talk about it's that. Sig- Talk about it's it. It's a significant number. It's forty so was a big one for me. Forty was a big one for me. Forty was thirty. Still felt young adulty. In uh-huh. all honesty, like thirty felt like nah, I'm just you know I'm I'm a more mature young adult. Uh, forty, it was like I'm not a young adult anymore, and yeah. uh, it was definitely kind of looking. I I didn't look back in my life at thirty. Like I didn't right. stop and pause and reflect on my life at 30. I right. definitely stopped and paused and reflect on my life at 40. But I will tell you this, and I, I mean, not to get super spiritual, although I guess I am, I am super spiritual, but <laughs> but I felt a new authority come on my life at 40. Okay. Something something absolutely shifted when I was 40. And like I don't the know, day of, or what do you mean? Like you just started noticing as you were going, you're like, oh, something's different. Probably I started noticing. Yeah. Probably I just started noticing, like I turned 40. And, and that year, I just felt like there's a different authority on my life. Yeah. And I, it's, as, a pre, as a pastor or preacher, sometimes you can recognize, like I've been, I've been talking about some of this stuff for a long time, but there's a different weight on what I'm talking about. Mm. And uh, I don't, it was hard to describe. So it was, it was a significant, it was, it was definitely one where I paused 
and just kind of, you know, and, and so many people are listening right now. So many of these 30, 40, these different ages, you have to stop and reset the picture. Yes. It's like uh, you have a certain picture in your mind of what the future looks like, of what your life is going to be, about what that is. And a lot of these times are just you having to stop, look at what, you know, this is the picture of my life and I need to reset that a little bit, Yeah. Uh, you know. And so some of it's that, you know, you just have an idea or a picture uh, and whether you're, you know, whether you are viewed successful in the world, uh, eyes of the world or not, you had something in your head that it was going to look like when you were 40 and you have to kind of take some time to reevaluate. Yes. I think uh, something that you teach on that I've heard you say before and something that I really believe in is the idea of holding both things at the same time. So looking at 40 and going, here's what I don't have and that's okay. And I can feel that. And here's what I do have. And here's the call that I know. And here's the, here's, here are the things that I can walk forward in and celebrating that. But I do think it's important when people are reassessing their lives to go, you don't have to pretend like, like everything's fine. Yes. But, but also hold both things, hold the good and hold the things that make you sad. Yeah. I think that, you know, I'm reading a book called margin right now. I don't know if you read that book. Uh-uh. It's so good though, man. It's so good. But it's, uh, um, he talks about contentment and, and I think it's, I think it's so important to, to be honest with yourself, like at 40, just to go and say, is this what I thought it would look like? Is this kind of, if I, if I accomplished what I thought I would, do I have the family I thought I would? Is this, you know, you just kind of walk through that stuff, but to also find your way to contentment, Mm -hmm. to also find your way. So you do hold those things. Like I am honest with myself that this, and and there is a grieving process, I think for some of this stuff as well. You have to grieve the picture you had in your head. You have to grieve that. Everybody, right? Not, I mean, every single person has things about whatever age they are today that is not what they thought it would be. Yes, every. But then you just stop and you begin to go, man, but God's been good and, 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 and he's faithful. And, and really, I think we need to, we need a whole movement focused on contentment. Mm. Like I am content. Yeah. And, 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 uh, I can look around and is the house, the house I thought I'd be in, is this that whatever? No, but I'm content. And, uh, so yeah, 40 was a big one is the point. Cause that's the one where you have to stop a little bit more and, yeah. and look at your life. The contentment conversation is, I'd love for you to talk about that for a second more, because one of the things that I think my brain heard incorrectly as a kid in the nineties in a youth group <laughs> is when you are content, comma, then you get what you want. That's when God will give you what you want is when you're content. So work really hard to get content because then he'll surprise you with what you want. (laughs) Yes, it's some form of manipulation. Yes, that's right. And and I never felt, I've never felt all the way content, but also I'm an Enneagram 7 who can think of 18 jobs I'd like to have. So it's my personality to come up with other things that I could be doing. And what I heard in my head is, oh, you're never going to be content. So you're never going to get what you want. Yeah, totally. Well, I think it's your personality for sure. And I think different, the, the, the futuristic visionary kind of people, um, this was me, this is what got me in trouble. What, what I would get in <laughs> trouble around was I, I'm not only a visionary futuristic guy, I'm super critical. Oh, okay. So, so I had a very hard time enjoying the moment because we were never, not only could I see down the road, but I had a very stark realization we were not where we should be. Oh, wow. So I can't actually stop and enjoy this moment because we are not where we should be. Mm. And I know, so it doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter the good that's happening. It doesn't matter the things. It doesn't matter what God's doing in my life. I'm unsettled 
and discontent because I am super critical and I have a vision. So wow. I, I think that it's it, for sure it's, you know, the seven, but it's also an all on it's It's so much a society. Oh, I mean, wow. we have to, um, and, and it, the, the author speaks of this in this book margin, but society is trying to make you dissatisfied. So you'll buy stuff. And we just have to be very aware of this. Yeah. Like they had in, it, it, it's, if you don't need it, if you don't need it, then the goal of an advertiser is to somehow make you dissatisfied with what you have so that you'll buy this. All right. If, if you need something, you'll go get it. Yep. Nobody has to tell me I need food. I'm going to go get food. <laughs> Nobody has to, right? But, but they're going like, well, listen, you won't really be satisfied unless you have this or, or this is actually what, what, what people that are, you know, successful have or what, whatever else it is that they're doing. They're trying to convince you of something. So I think we don't recognize that sometimes. We also live in a society that's just flat out not content. And right. if you are content, they wouldn't make money. I, I, we just have to really be honest about that. If I was content, they wouldn't make money. Right. And right. so we live in a society that's constantly trying to tell us there's something else that we should be desiring. Yeah. There's something else that we should be wanting. There's something else that we should whatever. And I and I think that we just have to recognize that and and just go, no, nah, that's not actually the life of a believer. Well, so is is it worse in 2020? Because if it feels like maybe myself and my friends I'm talking to, we're medicating pretty hard if we're not careful. Yeah. So yes. is it worse in 2020, this discontentment and this I, I deserve and need and should get to do, eat, drink, be with who I want to be with because this is hard? Yeah, I, I do think it is. I keep talking about margin, so forgive me, everybody. Just go get the book. No, I love it because you know what? I, well, I'm going to ask you a question about it in just a minute, so no, I love it. I, I'm just going to repeat the book to you. <laughs> uh, one of the points he makes, and this book was written probably 16 years ago, one of the points he makes is we are in a unique time. Now, have other people had tough times? Yes. Sure. Has Have other generations gone through tough times? But he says that none of them have gone through this. And so, so much of technology and information, it's just heightened everything. So there's no other, like, like, you know, before when you got the news, <laughs> you, you know, you, you got the paper in the morning. Or once the a day. Edition, That's or right. You, once a day. That's right. I'm, I'm once a day. And, you know, even my wife will talk about or, you know, like, well, I, I, I'm with CJ, my wife. I'm like, well, yeah. you know, I mean, I used to ride my bike around in fourth grade. Mm. My mom, my parents wouldn't even know where I was all day long. Yeah. And, she, and she said, well, it's a different day. Yeah. I'm like, is it a different day or are we just now getting the news of the kid that was kidnapped in a town in Indiana I've never heard of? Yeah. I'm not trying to downplay that. I'm right, just saying right. that, like, I would have never even heard that before. Right. But because of the 24-hour news cycle because of social media, because of all this type of stuff, we are getting inundated with information, mm -hmm. inundated with stories, inundated. And I would say the same thing about comparison or um, when you're not content, at some level, you're comparing your life to somebody else. Oh, wow. At, at the end of the day, because if I sit and look around, like if I'm not content, why, why am I not content as a believer, especially like God's with me and, 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 and he's taking care of me. and But I'm not content because I think my clothes are a year old. Mm. That is connected to me comparing myself to somebody else. My point of all this to say is social media has heightened that then. Yeah. I'm now looking at, so so we bought a house, super blessed to be in this house we're in right now. It's in, a, it's in this 
a suburb we wanted to be and all this type of stuff. But in order to get into the house, we had to, they had this old carpet. We had, in order to get the loan we needed, they were going to give a carpet allowance. And we just said, hey, if you could just keep the carpet, don't do the carpet allowance, it'll drop the price to what we need in order to buy the house. Anyway, so yeah. we lived for a couple of years with this carpet. It was just nasty. And, yeah. And, uh, but, but, you know, it wasn't horrible. Sure. But, but it just was nasty and they had a dog before. Anyways, my point is this. I'm fine. I love this house. Carpet's not great, but I'm following on social media interior design. Yeah. Like, like I follow in, uh, I just, you know, whatever, these design accounts, yeah. these design accounts. And so I'm flipping through and I'm seeing like really amazing floors, yeah. incredible <laughs> kitchens. I, and, and so it just, we don't even realize it, but it really, takes away from my ability to say, is my house perfect? No. Yeah. Am I blessed? Is this a great house? Am I fine? Yes. Yes, I am. This is a great situation. Until I start flipping through, and this isn't even talking about people I'm seeing that I know. I'm talking about just design accounts that I follow. Right. That's right. Oh. You're just seeing professionals make a perfect kitchen. Yes. Yes. So yes. I, my point is this. When you say, is it different? I'm saying, yes, it is. And we have got to recognize that. It's also why I feel we have to be more diligent. It's also why I feel we have to be more intentional because this is an era that that nobody has ever lived in. Nobody's ever had this level of inundation. Nobody's ever had this level of information. Nobody's had, ever had this level of differing opinions at you all the time. Right. So- uh, so I, I think that we do have to be aware of that and, and recognize that so much of our internal health is connected to the system that we are plugged into. And, oh, wow. uh, and, and we're going to have to be able to be intentionally unplugged from the system out there unless we're just not going to get the internal health we need, which is contentment, which is all the other things. How are you, how are you balancing that? How are you balancing your phone and connecting with God in the bigger world. <laughs> it's hard, uh, right? Know, Is it hard I, even for a pastor? Yeah, for sure. I think you just have to pay. I think you need to start on following people. I think you need to have real, um, you know, I mean, uh, John Mark Comer, or there's so many different people that are writing about this stuff, yeah. but, but, you know, you just, you have to unplug. The Sabbath has to be uh, um, uh, part of your life. Um, but, but not just one day, but where you're really, and I think you recognize. So I think I recognize, wow, this person I'm following, it's kind of jacking my anxiety up. Well, then I unfollow them. Right. Uh, my wife might go through, you know, CJ might be like, I can't read the news, dude. It's jacking me up. Well, then she stops reading the news. Yep. So, so somebody's like, man, I just want to stay informed. You're fine. Turn yeah. off the news. Yeah. Anything you need to know, somebody will tell you. That's right. Uh, you, you, know, like, you, don't, you don't need to know all of the information and all this type of stuff. So I do think you just have to be, like I said, intentional. So how do I do it? I, I just try to pay attention. I mean, this is the big one, right? Just pay attention. Yeah. And and take care of yourself. We can take care of yourself. Unplug. We need to unplug. Stop following what you need to not follow and do all that type of stuff. Uh, there's a story I tell. Um when we bought this house, th this is one of the things I don't think we do real well. Yeah. I don't think we stop and are honest with ourselves. Mm. So, so I think you need to have real moments where you stop and kind of take assessment of what's going on and, and, and are honest with yourself. So the story I would tell the analogy is 
when we bought this house, it's in a town called El Dorado Hills. So you can imagine the whole town is on hills. Yes. <laughs> and so, so half of our house is on a um, concrete foundation. Half of it is on a raised foundation. Okay. So we bought it from an original owner. Uh, it was, you know, 28 years ago, they built the house or whatever. So when the inspector comes to inspect the house, he goes underneath the half of the house that is on a raised wood foundation. And he comes back out and says, the entire foundation is rotten. He goes, I don't even know how it's standing except for the the stucco walls. Oh, wow. And so, so, so they ended up having to fix it. Um, it didn't have the right ventilation. It, the, the, it, the moisture was there, all this type of stuff. So they ended up having to fix it. It cost like $38,000 or something. And they were super kind and the owners were great and they did it. But, but, but here's what happened. In 28 years, they had never actually gone into their house and looked at it. Mm, right. <laughs> they hadn't gone That's under good. their house to check it in 28 years. Yep. So all of a sudden when the inspection comes and somebody goes down there, and, and I just think, what a picture for people. <laughs> like, this is it. Yep. We don't stop long enough to check underneath our house. We don't stop long enough to go, I wonder how I am doing. Wow. I don't know if I'm doing well. Okay. Well, what do I need to do and why am I not doing well? Why is there not good mm. um, air circulation? Yeah. Why is it constantly wet under here? Right. <laughs> oh, it's constantly wet because I've never turned off, you know, the, the hose of the news and social media. Like mm-hmm. I've got to allow things to breathe a little bit. I, like this is what health looks like. And, yeah. But I think it all starts with stopping and, and checking your internal world and being honest, mm-hmm. like being honest. Mm-hmm. And if you're not content, like just that right there, just stopping and going, I don't think I'm content. Yeah. Why am I not content? Yeah. That's interesting. Why am I not content? Do I, is, is there something, you know, so it's just that type of stuff. It's that language of being a good friend to yourself, of going, hey, I'm noticing something here, Annie. (laughs) You're really medicating with television. You're watching a lot of TV. What if we took a break from TV just to see what would happen? You know, and I haven't watched TV in two weeks because I was getting home from work and watching four hours. And and I was like, there's something deeper here. I got to I have to cut that all the way out so I can figure out what that is so that I can healthfully bring it back. Yeah, well, I had a, this is so good, Annie. I had a um, mentor in my life. I was sitting with him, and he said, "I was just talking, and and he said um, he asked me the question. We were talking about our internal emotions. And he asked me this question. I don't know if I've shared this. I can't remember what I shared last time I was with you, but but he shared talking about sports, which I love. He says, "Hey, when you sprain your ankle, what do you do?" And I'm like, "Ah, oh, you tape it back up." Yeah, I'm like giving him all these answers, like yeah. you tape it. Yeah, and he goes, and and he goes. Finally, I'm like. Obviously, I'm not getting the right answer. What is it? And he goes, he goes. You take yourself out of the game, mm. and you just assess the situation. Right. What's wrong with my ankle? And and I think, I think. And then he asked me this question. He said, "Do you know what your response is when you are scared, when you are hurt, or I would say when you're angry, when you're hurt, and when you're powerless or scared, mm. overwhelmed." And so now what I try to consistently do is I recognize that TV is a great one. Man, I just want to go disappear into Netflix for the next six hours. Yep. Okay, I stop and go, something's going on. Yep. Like, what is it that's going on in there? Because this is simply a coping mechanism 
for something. And right. and I don't know, man, Annie, you may have been raised in a home and I, and my parents are fantastic. I love them. But but I, my parents did not we were not raised in a home that taught us how to recognize what was going on emotionally inside of us. Yeah. And so so, you know, and and it and for the men watching this right now, I mean, so many times when I'm working with pastors and or I'm working with men who are dealing with sexual issues, and I and I am so grateful for accountability and 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 filters on computers. Yeah. I like, and I have all of that. I really do because it's just so readily available. But my point is this: is that there's something else going on. Mm. It's not. It's not just that. Like, well, if I just have to stop that, right? I'm like, so we we never actually learn to go. Well, it's not just that I have to stop that unhealthy coping mechanism. No, that unhealthy coping mechanism is connected to something. That's right. It's a what behavior. It's not the problem. <laughs> so what do I do when I'm angry? Yeah. What do I do when I'm hurt? What do I do when I'm scared and overwhelmed and feel powerless? What do I do in those moments? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, but but here's here's the point of the ankle. I first have to stop and recognize, oh, I'm hurt. Like that's what people yeah. don't do. Yeah. Oh, I'm I'm scared. Oh, I'm hurt. Oh, I feel overwhelmed. Man, when I feel overwhelmed, I know what I do. Yeah, I go get some food. I watch Netflix. I go look at something I shouldn't. I whatever else. I drink. Like these are things of like, oh, okay. Well, I'm overwhelmed. So what do I what do I do now? Mm-hmm. But I didn't even ever recognize I was overwhelmed. That's and, right. Or I didn't. I didn't give myself permission. That's right. For me, this is the critical part. I should be able. I remember uh, a guy, a leadership kind of coach, was working with me, and I'm so critical on myself. I should have a perfectly organized garage. I should be able to handle leading a church in the midst of a global pandemic. <laughs> I should be able to have teenage kids who, you know, love Jesus or connected to me. I should be able to keep, I should be able to write a book. I, sh- I should be uh, able to release a book in the middle of a pandemic. Yeah. I should be able to do all that type of stuff. So right. when my garage is a mess, I haven't given myself permission for that job, for that garage to be a mess. Cause I should be able to do that. Oh wow! And I think sometimes we just have to go like, I'm overwhelmed. Well, we don't actually allow ourselves to be overwhelmed. Nope, I'm not overwhelmed. No, I'm all right. I can le- do this. Yeah. Good leaders aren't overwhelmed. Mm. Good leaders should be able to handle everything because I'm watching good leaders on social media and they are handling everything good. Oh man! So I should be able to handle everything good too. Yep. And we don't actually just stop and go, no, actually I'm overwhelmed. Yes. No, actually I'm scared. No, actually I'm hurt. No, actually mm-hmm. I'm angry. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just don't allow ourselves to do that. And you could trade out that leader word for pastor, for mom, for friend. Yeah. Of, I'm seeing these other moms do it perfectly, but I'm overwhelmed. Or these other friends do it perfectly, but I'm overwhelmed. And you're right. It's that, can you be as good a friend to you as you are to other people? And ask yourself the questions of what is really going on here that's making me run to these other things? Yes. And giving yourself some grace in that process. Yes. yes. <laughs> giving yourself some grace. And learning what new... Okay, well, what's a new healthy response? Yes. What's a healthy response to that? And uh, um, and, and learning how to have healthy coping mechanisms, because there's actually healthy coping mechanisms. Right. <laughs> and, there's, and there's healthy responses. Yep. And, and we're just doing dysfunctional and unhealthy ones, but you can replace those. Yes. And um, But you first have to actually be honest that you are overwhelmed yes. and that you are whatever. A friend and And I were talking about this just this week where it was like coping mechanisms aren't a problem. We should have mechanisms that help us cope. You just have to watch them. You just have to pay attention and make sure they aren't medicine. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And, and yeah, absolutely. Yeah, coping mechanisms or patterns or even healthy patterns, really, I think coping mechanisms at some level, are the, is it a healthy pattern or an unhealthy pattern? Mm-hmm. And if it's an unhealthy pattern, then let's figure out a healthy pattern. Yeah, that's right. I've had to learn the balance of, uh, for some reason, you know, I've been on the planet 40 years, but for some reason this this year in 2020, I feel like I've balanced, I've been walking this balance a little bit, not necessarily well, but I've just seen it of, of okay, I'm giving myself grace that, that this is a weird time and we've never done this before. And okay, of, of course you're having some weird emotions and weird responses. And on the other side of that same coin, I'm giving myself grace, but I have to change my behavior. (laughs) Like, okay, Annie, you can have grace that there's something going on and there's some emotions here, but, but you can't live in this behavior. It's time to stop and, and figure out what's behind all of this. Yeah. And I think that that's that line, right? Because if you don't give yourself grace, you just move into shame and guilt and, uh, and shame and guilt don't get you anywhere either. So this is kind of what happens. So it is that line, right? I think people are afraid of the word grace because they think it just gives people a license to go do whatever and act however. Right. But, but it's not really actually the biblical definition of grace. But 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 saying like, hey, I, I have grace for the journey. Just because I, I don't have complete breakthrough in anxiety doesn't mean that somehow I'm a lesser whatever, mm-hmm. but I'm on this journey. But I'm not going to allow, but I am going to pursue the things that God has for me, the fullness of what his word says. I'm not just going to settle here and just accept that this is what it is. I'm a person with unhealthy coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. You know, it's why the victim thing is. It's why that you cannot allow the victim mentality to set in because uh, you because you you'll give yourself grace, but not if you're a victim. Because you're free. If you're a victim, it, it wasn't. It's there's nothing to give yourself grace about. If that right. makes sense, because you didn't make this choice. It was done to you. Listen. listen. Like I, I have no, I have no choice in this. Mm-hmm. I, I life is happening to me, and and that person did this, and that's why I'm acting like this, or whatever else. So you have to get out of victim mentality. Say no, I am in charge of my life. Mm-hmm. I am in charge of my world. Outside, outside circumstances, external situations are not in charge of my responses, my joy, my thankfulness. Right. You know, my attitude, my hope, my love. None of those things control what's going on inside of me. And uh, and so when I'm not in the victim mode and I give myself grace, then I'm still going to move forward. Yes. Yes, that's it. And, and I had a friend say to me two days ago that her husband asked her, what if 2020 wasn't against you, but it was for you? Oh, yes. And that's tough to think about. <laughs> you know what I do? You know, here's my take on 2020. I think that 2020 is exposing some areas of immaturity in our lives that we need to grow in. And I think that's a gift. I think that the Bible talks a lot about rejoicing and tribulation and because there's things that are a result of trials. Yeah. I I just spoke a word recently on the gift of the wilderness and it came out of this. Y'all did it on a Sunday morning, didn't you? Yeah. And it came out of this conversation I had, we have a school leadership. And so we had to go online at the end of the year. And so I'm online with them and, I said, guys, this is the very beginning. I said, guys, tell me what you're hearing right now from the Lord. So they were sharing different things they were hearing from the Lord. And then one of the girls spoke up. She goes, you know, I've just been in the book of the Song of Solomon. And I was, <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. There's literally a global pandemic happening. Right. The world is shutting down and you're hanging out in Song of Solomon. Right. And she said, she said, um, she said, there's a verse in Song of Solomon 8.5. Where, where they say, uh, um, who is this coming out of the wilderness 
leaning on her beloved. Mm. Oh, wow. And she said that and it just hit me. And I thought, oh, God, God, I want this season to reveal to me everything I have been leaning on mm. that's not you. Yeah. I want this season in the wilderness where, where, where our strength is stripped away, our effort is stripped away, our programs are stripped away, our routine is stripped away. It feels so out of control sometimes. But, but what's left is Jesus. Yeah. And, and at the end of the day, I say, Jesus, if I come out of this leaning on you, recognizing that my paycheck is not my strength, recognizing that government officials and the decisions they make is not my source, recognizing that my job is not what I lean on, recognize what, that my that my schedule, whatever else it is, and, and that I would come out of this season leaning on you, Jesus, yeah. then this is worth it. And so when it says, what if 2020 isn't, for, isn't against you, but what, it's, what if it's for you? What if it's refining you? What if it's revealing to you the things that you have been leaning on that aren't Jesus. I had a pastor. I talked to a guy who travels way more than I do. He's got multiple churches all over the world. And he said this phrase, and it so struck me because I've really enjoyed not traveling the last yeah. five months. I, I Listen, I love traveling. I love speaking. I love what I get to do to serve the body of Christ. It is an honor and a privilege. But it's been really nice to be home for five yes, months. Yes, I agree. And, um, and the guy said this. He said, you know, I think... For me, the pastor said, I think for me, I knew I needed to slow down. I just don't think I had the courage to make this decision. Wow. So it was, oh, listen, is COVID from the Lord? No. Right. I, I, I don't think COVID was sent from God. But I think in the midst of storms, Jesus, although he didn't send the storm, he can teach you something in the storm. Mm -hmm. And so it was such, I said, God, oh, no. It, did I not have the courage to make the radical decision to not travel? Did I not have that courage? Right. And so now, now it's forced upon me and I recognize like, wow, this is what I needed, but I didn't have the courage to make that decision. Mm -hmm. And so it was just, a, it was very eye-opening for me. I'm like, oh, I hope that I wasn't traveling simply because I didn't have the courage. Right. To not. To not. And so I think all of this stuff is just the, the Lord revealing and growing us. Yeah, I think I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. We, and just for clarity for our friends listening, when we talk about this, we're as you said, it's not about coronavirus. That's that is from the devil. That's awful. Yes. That, that is yes. nothing. That is meant to steal, kill and destroy. Yes. What we're talking about is the time that we've been given, the quietness of life that has happened to the whole world. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Banning to tell you about our partners for today, including Indeed. So what does 2020 mean for small businesses? We've talked about this. You know, that's me. I'm running a small business and you have to do more with less. And that is a hundred percent true around Downs Books and the That Sounds Fun podcast. Every single hire is critical but there are fewer resources to find the right people. So Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because they get you the best people fast, you guys. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. 
You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts, which is excellent news in 2020. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, you guys, 73% of people looking for jobs are visiting Indeed. Indeed's going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. So right now, Indeed is offering my friends a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it faster. Try Indeed out with a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Y'all, this is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash sounds fun. Terms and conditions apply and the offer is valid through September 30th. Today's show is also brought to you by this amazing prayer journal I got my hands on called The Between Places, 100 Days to Trusting God When You Don't Know What's Next by Stephanie May Wilson, author of The Lipstick Gospel and Every Single Moment and host of The Girls' Night Podcast. This beautiful 100-day prayer journal is for you, you for all of us, as we navigate the between places in our lives. It's a powerful, practical way for us to connect with God in times when our future feels really uncertain. Through guided prayer prompts, the between places will help you trust God with the trickiest, most uncertain, and most important parts of your life. It will help you believe more fully than ever that God is good and that he loves you and that he's taking care of you. It will help you live today with more contentment, step into the future with more courage and faith, and rest in God's peace, knowing that he's with you every step of the way. It's a beautiful book, y'all. Stephanie Mae Wilson's is like this beautiful green. It just feels really, really lovely. You can get your hands on this beautiful journal by going to smaywilsonshop.com and using the promo code that sounds fun for 15% off. That's S M A W Wilsonshop.com and use the promo code that sounds fun for 15% off your order. And now back to the show. I heard um, Darren Whitehead say last, a couple of weeks ago, he said, um, I would. I wasn't sure what would ri- what revival would look like because I never knew the whole world could talk about one thing until COVID. Yeah. Wow. So true. And I was so like, that's man, that's it, right? Like, and he, and every single country in the whole world was talking about the same thing. And he was like, next time, let it be Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Next time, let it be Jesus, man, it's so true. It's so true. And I, and I think God's at work in this season. Yeah. You know, I, I, I mean, I think God's at work even in the midst of this. And I'm praying for it as an intercessor in the body of Christ. I am building a wall against coronavirus. Mm, Me too. You you don't get to steal and kill and destroy anymore. You don't get to take lives. You don't get to ruin economies. You don't get to do this. So I'm standing against that, but but also recognizing the Lord's doing a deep work as well in a lot of people. Every time people say, hey, will you pray for dinner? Will you pray out loud? I always end with, and Lord, get rid of coronavirus. Like yeah, I'm like, totally. every time I pray, I'm asking, I'm putting one more brick on that wall. Totally, totally. Um, so what has it been like to release a book, The Three Mile Walk, in the middle of this pandemic? You want my honest answer? Yeah. Uh, is this the honest podcast? It's been good. <laughs> I, I, overall, it's been good. It's been a chance so so I'll, I'll, I'll frame this. There, there's two things that have happened, one personally, and then just, let me, how do I say this? Um, let me frame this. 
I have a real clear understanding that like a releasing a book is actually in the scope of things very small when it comes to people's lives and jobs and families. So like releasing a book is so far down the list. But one, I really do feel like it's I, I can sense the prophetic nature of what is on my heart in yeah. this message, the yes. prophetic nature and how needed it is in this hour. Yep. So I do feel a sense of excitement over, oh God, I love how you worked out the timing of this. Yeah. And then for me personally, uh, it's <laughs> it's been it's been good in that I literally released this book. Annie, I don't know if I've talked about this on a podcast yet. I I released this book on Blackout Tuesday. Yes, you did. I know. And so these dates are set yes. way in advance. Yep. And so we get ready and I released the book on Blackout Tuesday. Yeah. Well, that, that date with June 2nd or whatever it was, June 4th, I forget. But that date was set yeah. months in advance. And then all of kind of the, the unrest that was happening in the nation. And, and now black, like Blackout Tuesday hits. Cities are in lockdown in our little in our little suburb out here. We had the National Guard uh, oh, wow. stationed in our suburb because of the unrest and like so. Cities are on curfew. Cities are burning. There are real, real racial issues that need to be addressed and talked about in the nation. And so we were just like, right. guys, we can't talk about my book. Yeah, like there's just not even from a marketing standpoint, just from a this Human. is not what matters <laughs> yeah. right now. Right. So, so you know, we kind of don't. The book comes out and everything else is going on. Here's the contentment part I'm talking about. I actually just said, Lord, thank you for allowing me to walk out what I believe. Mm. And, as, and as simple as this little thing of a book release is, on maybe the worst day you could ever release a book. Mm. I don't know if there's another. I, is there a worse day like, than Blackout yeah. Tuesday yeah. in that entire week to release right. a book? Right. Uh, so I said, but because for years I had been preaching that when you write a song, write a book, whatever else it is, that, that what matters is not book sales, but your faithfulness and obedience. Mm, so a book right. is simply a gift I give to God. Yeah. What he does with it is up to him. But when I stand before God one day, he's not going to ask me how many books I sold. He's not going to ask, right. he's going to ask me, were you faithful and were you obedient with the message I gave you uh, and and the call to serve the body of Christ. Yes. And so so that's all I'm going to answer for. And so sure enough, now we release a book and I just said, God, thank you. Yep. I had to get to this place. But right. I said, thank you for allowing me to walk out what I believe, which is that book. And you know, you've written, it's a it's like, it's, it's not easy for me. You just, it's super vulnerable. You pour yourself yeah. into something. Yeah. It's immediate feedback. Either people buy it or don't buy it. You That's know, it's right. that type of thing. That's you know, right. I'm, it's not like preaching where they're like, how'd it go? Good. You know, like people laughed and they amen me. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, yeah. this is, this is immediate feedback. Right. But, um, but just to say, God, I, at the end of the day, I just want to stand before you. And I want to know that I did my best to be faithful and obedient. You're not going to ask me how many books were sold or whatever else. So honestly, yeah. it was kind of a, it was a very odd gift. Yes, that's that, right. It was a that, gift. That God gave, well, a gift I gave to God, but it was a gift that God gave to me. Yeah. And actually me saying, no, I actually do believe this stuff. I, I don't, I'm not just preaching it. I really do believe it. And, um, and then on the other side of that, 
I actually am pretty excited about the ability to come alongside people in this season and just speak yeah. life and courage to them. Yeah. Uh, to, to, to encourage them in their faith, encourage it just to put courage inside of them. So I, I do think um, I, I, I also am excited about the moment that the book got released in. So a little, is that too much information? I'm no, I right love now? it. <laughs> there's like, no, there's like the personal side of it. And then there's yes. the really excited prophetic side of it. Yes, it is. I've read it. It is very good, Banning. I had no idea. I mean, of course, this is what makes you brilliant. The three mile walk is from, is it first Samuel or second Samuel with the, with Jonathan? First Samuel. Yeah, first Samuel. yeah. And he literally goes on a three mile walk with his armor bearer. And you just take that one tiny story in scripture and expand it and you and make it applicable to our lives today and make it an entire book. I just was blown away. What even made you point to that story? Why did that one stand out to you? There's stories that you read uh, in your you know teens and then early twenties for me that just really kind of stand out. I think there's yeah. something about John about Jonathan where he just said, I don't want to sit. I'm going to go up and do something that I really love. Yeah. I love, I love the picture of somebody that just says, I don't know how this is going to work out. I don't know what this is going to look like, but I definitely know I'm not going to sit here. I'm going to go engage, you know, what's in my heart. So I think that drew drew me. I really love Jonathan. If you study life of Jonathan and we talk a lot about internal health, yeah. Like Jonathan was an internally healthy guy. You yes. see it by how he responded to David. You see it by how he responded to his father. You see it by his humility of not wanting to be king and saying, David, if that, like he was just a healthy guy. And so I think that this story really shows a contrast between Saul, who was unhealthy. Who was his Jonathan, dad. Jonathan, yeah, Saul, his dad, King Saul. Jonathan, who is healthy. And then there's this contrast between Saul who's totally content to sit on the sideline and watch from a distance what God yeah. had called him to. Yeah. And Jonathan who said, I don't know how it's going to work out, but I'm not content. So I think that, I think it's just a great picture. You know, it's one of those things of like, ah, it's a great picture. And it, it really stirred my heart in my twenties yeah. of God, I'm going to get up and go engage. You know, even with whatever the risk is, I'm going to go engage what you put on my heart. Yeah. So I think that's what I like about yeah. it. Yeah. I, I think that's fun for people to hear because when right now I'm, I read the gospels every month, I'm doing it 12 times this year. I'm like looping through it. And one of the things that's been interesting is paying attention to what, I mean, it's what you said at the beginning, paying attention to what stands out to you. Yes. And, and so even the, our friends who are listening that are in their twenties, or early thirties, like what Bible stories can't you quit? Which people yeah. do you, even if they're short little moments like that, which people really stand out to you in scripture? Okay, so this is interesting you're saying this because in the book I talk about, um, listen, uh, do all that's in your healthy heart. But yeah. but the armor bearer says, do all that's in your heart here, I'm with you. And talking about how God really reveals kind of our call through things in our heart. Well, a lot of people are like, well, I don't know what's on my heart. I don't I don't know what the call is. And, and I think what you just described, mm. I think if you, what I remember a guy telling me one time, uh, pay attention to your tears because they're the window into yep. your soul. Yep. So like, what are the things that move me? What are the things I can't seem to shake? What are the scriptures and the stories that come alive? And, and for me, I, I just remember I watched like four or five movies around Africa. They, some of them were action movies. They were like yeah. Tears of the Sun, Hotel Rwanda, Blood Diamond. There was another yeah. one. And I just remember, I don't know how to describe it, 
But I was like, dude, my heart was so moved. Yeah. And I just, anyway, it was moved in a way that I don't normally experience when watching just a movie, even an emotional movie. Yeah. And then, and then I remember when I was, I first time I went to Africa, I haven't even been to kind of like past South Africa, but I've only been to South Africa, but I landed in this country and I was only there for an hour, didn't even go off the plane. But the minute I landed on the soil and I just felt something. And I'm just really? like, oh, what is this? And I don't even know what it is yet. I honestly don't know what it is, except for I'm like, Lord, I think there's something about Africa. I don't know yeah. what it is. Every time I hear somebody tell a story about foster care or adoption, man, my heart is so moved. And I'm like, why? Why am I so stirred when you tell me this story of a foster yeah. kid or adopted? And so I just pay it. There are certain preachers that move me. There are certain stories in scripture that come alive. There are certain books that I read. And so I think as you begin to pay attention to them, you begin to go like, wow, I think God's trying to show me the things that he's placed on my heart. Yes. Ooh, that is fun to talk. I mean, I mean, that's the prophetic side of living, but you don't, we don't even have to call it that. That's just paying attention to your life. What keeps moving you over and over again? Yeah, because yeah. it's there. If you'll pay attention, yeah. and this is what I describe it as, God's painting a picture. And so they're like they're they're like brush strokes. So you're saying like, God, what am I supposed to give my life to? What is it that you've called me to? What am I supposed to be putting, you know, my energy, my time, my effort to? And and it's a journey you're on. So you don't always know right at the first. It's a journey you're on, but you begin to pay attention. Mm-hmm. And man, that class I took. Man, that biography yes, I read, yes. that conversation I had, yep. that scripture, all of a sudden it's these brush strokes. And as you pay attention to those brush strokes, you begin to see the picture that God's been painting. And I think that that's why, that's why the journey is so amazing. Yeah. It's like, well, I don't know what I'm called to. I know that's the beautiful part of this <laughs> whole thing. Right. Right. Let's go on that journey. Go on that journey with the Lord and just begin to pay attention. Yeah, everyone wants to know what God wants them to do with their life, but they don't look at the puzzle pieces he's already handed them. Yes, no, exactly. So take 10 minutes a day and look at the puzzle piece. Actually, when I read your book this summer is the same time the Lord gave me like three pretty, pretty clear invitation instructions about the first 40 days of my 40th year, where while I was sitting reading your book, I felt like the Lord went like, okay, when you start your 40s, here's three things I want you to do. And so wow. I'm going to ask you a couple of them real quick, Banning. Okay. I mean, I use that real loosely. I just felt this. So what it felt like for me when I think I hear God is I, an idea came to my mind that I didn't think up myself. And as I thought more about it, I thought, yeah, that would be really helpful. And so to me, that is one of the ways God speaks to me. And and so what I thought is I want to ask 40 leaders, pastors, men and women in my life that I look up to two questions, one a day for my 40 days. And so we're still mm-hmm. in that. So you're my pastor for today. I Number one, at some point when you pray today, will you just pray for me? That's my first yes. question. Done. Thank you. And number two, if you, I'm making a bookshelf of 40 books to read, one from each person. And I'm putting your, I'm going to order it and put your name inside of the book as the person who told me to read it. So if you could tell me a book to read, what would it be? Okay, Andy, you're springing this on me, and I'm going to give you a book, but let me just take two seconds. Oh, yeah, I know. Um, Sorry, I didn't prep you for it. Everybody else is getting text messages. Sorry. No, no, no. I don't need you to prep me for this. I'm going to tell you the book, and I'm going to have you read. There's a book called Daughter of Destiny. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of it. 
It's by a guy named Jamie Buckingham, and it is Catherine Kuhlman biography. Okay. I don't know so any don't, of those names. I know. I know. So That's Catherine awesome. Kuhlman and people that would be outside of the charismatic kind of stream, Pentecostal stream, probably wouldn't know. But Catherine Kuhlman, um, it, it, you go read her story. She's okay. kind of a healing, healing evangelist, really involved in even the, the G's people, kind of that G's people era movement or whatever. Yeah. Uh, but Jamie Buckingham, who is a brilliant author and was the only one that was allowed to write about her life. She was an eccentric woman, but was a friend of the Holy Spirit. Mm. And um, that book really wrecked me. And okay. so, so, so Jamie Buckingham is called Daughter of Destiny. And there's probably, if so I'm if I'm a big bio, I love biographies. Any book I'm going to give you is probably going to be a biography. But it I did is, not know um, that about you, Banning. That's so interesting. Oh, biographies for sure. Like I, my top books are all biographies. I love oh. biographies because I think that they're great lessons we can learn. They're stories of people, but they also have to give. Good biographies will also paint, give you the um, the context of what the person lived in. So it's yeah. also history. You know, I mean, so that any, explains the three mile walk so much because that's what you did for Jonathan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. <laughs> I mean, literally, uh, I'm like, Banning, you write the books that you love to read. <laughs> totally. That, that is true. I preach the sermons I like to hear as yeah, well. So yeah. that's probably, that's, uh, that's across the I board. I love it. Wow. So okay. Daughter of Destiny, Catherine Kuhlman, uh, my, is probably my top Christian biography, although my my other top biography is probably Christian. Martin Luther King was a believer as well. But um, uh, so anyways, yes, Daughter of Destiny, Jamie Buckingham. Okay, I'm, I'm ordering it today. And I would be very fascinated to hear uh, what you think. It is okay. a very honest book. So it's like, it's not a sugar-coated book about mm -hmm. her life. Uh, but she was a friend of the Holy Spirit and she had flaws yeah. and uh, was eccentric. But man, it's just it wrecked me. It wrecked me. And um, and so go read that book. That's okay. awesome. We don't probably we talk about God and Jesus a lot here, but we probably don't talk about Holy Spirit quite enough as in a third part of the Trinity, an important relationship to have. And so the idea that there's a book that teaches you how to about someone who is a friend of the Holy Spirit sounds so interesting to me. Yes, yes, you will you will enjoy it. And it's a it's a it's an interesting read because like I said, biographies are just interesting, you know. Yeah. It's just this, you're reading the stories. Between so you awesome. and Tyson and Phil Manginella, y'all are all giving me books and all three of you said the same thing. It'll wreck you. I'm like, y'all, I don't have the time. I don't have the time <laughs> to keep reading books that are gonna wreck me. <laughs> no, listen, you don't have the time to read books that aren't wrecking you. Oh, that's <laughs> right. That's a you don't have time to read books that are just giving you information. That's right. We have, enough, we have enough information. I need my heart to be stirred and changed and I need to be. Yeah, totally. <laughs> you are 100 percent right, Banning. Um, well, I can't uh, wait for people to read The Three Mile Walk if they haven't gotten it yet. It was it was very I mean, it it shifted my life this summer. It really did. It, it was the catalyst that shifted me towards some really important things for my new decade. So I am I'm really thankful. Welcome to the 40s, Thanks. honestly. Welcome Thanks. to the 40s. It's great to have you a part of it. Yeah, it's good to be here. It's really good to be here. The last two weeks of 39 were pretty uh, painful and sad and weird. And then you go like, oh, look, I turned the page and everything's fine. <laughs> everything's yeah. fine. You're totally season. fine. <laughs> <laughs> Is awesome. there anything we didn't talk about that you want to talk about? No, I love our conversations. Okay. Oh, this is every, everything we talked about is what we were supposed to talk about. That's right. Well, the last question we always ask, and I have a guess about what your answer is, but the last question we always ask, because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you're doing for fun. 
home projects. And I would have oh, never, yeah. ever said that before. Yeah. <laughs> but we've completely, I am not like a handy guy. Yeah. I'm not a guy that's like, but man, because of quarantine, I bought yep. my first drill. Literally, I went down. <gasps> you and didn't bought own my a first drill? drill. No, I'm, <laughs> I kid you not. I don't. So I'm like, we're building planter boxes and yeah. we're about to redo a bathroom and like, and well, I mean, I'm having people help, but sure. anyways, but yeah, that. And then honestly, for me, basketball. That's it. Like, that just, was my guess. My guess yeah, was the NBA it, being back. Well, well, it's not just NBA. It's it's NBA being back 100% and then just pick up basketball. Yeah. <laughs> like just like when you're like my my top two strengths are command and competition. Oh, and, uh, banning. <laughs> I know. I said I sound I sound fun, don't I? <laughs> That, is, that uh, sounds very I'm, intense, but I like it. I'm an, I'm an enjoyable guy to be around. <laughs> um, so, so the competition piece for sure. You just can't get other places. Like, like literally, like it's me against you, and we are going. There's going to be a winner, and there is a loser, and it's just hard to do that, especially in the kingdom. Yeah, you know, yeah. like I don't. Where I'm not competing against the church or the yes. or. Uh, I'm definitely not competing against Hillsong because they're crushing us every time. Sure. So, um, <laughs> or or Elevation or anybody else. But right. you know what I'm saying. So I think it's honestly such a great. It's a really fun outlet to yeah. just go be competitive. Yes. Uh, so yes, that I'm is a that. that's some. I used to play soccer and I've started playing again, but I haven't joined a team yet. Obviously, because you can't right now in COVID. Yeah. But I'm like, yeah. man, I'm so ready to have a a really healthy, because a lot of times in our faith life, yes. the feeling of competition, you're supposed to squash yes. because you're supposed to be for everyone else in the yes. kingdom. And you also aren't really supposed to go like, well, that book that isn't a Christian book, I want to kill. I want to dominate yeah, totally, it in the list. Yeah, like you totally. can't really do that either. So I'm like, I do have a lot of competitiveness in me. I need to get back on the totally. soccer field and and give it to somebody because it's it's, a, it's, it's living a, in me. I need to give it to somebody. Yeah. And we will talk another time about how I've been kicked out of city league games <gasps> and everything else as a pastor. As a pastor. I mean, you put up a video of you slam dunking on your son last yeah, week. Yeah, I know. So. Well, I I I'm. <laughs> I'm uh, because I talk too much. That's why I just, oh. it's all just starts getting to me. So, yeah. <laughs> you talk trash and it gets you kicked out of games. Oh, for sure. I was oh, talking to the fantastic. ref. I wouldn't stop talking to the ref. Yeah. I had to go apologize afterwards. Oh, I'm, like well a gro- I'm like a grown man pastor. Yes. And I'm like, sorry about that. Hey, what I'd love to do is when, when we'll finish this one up and then let's jump over to YouTube and let's talk for just a minute. I want to keep going down that train a little bit about figuring out what you're supposed to do with your life and how okay. like prayer can play into that. I would love to talk about that for two or three minutes over there. Does that work for you? Yep. Let's do it. Okay, perfect. Thanks for being on this show, Banning. I'm real grateful for okay. you. Thanks for having me. You guys, how great is Banning? I know, I know, I know, I know. Listen, if you want to think more about why you are on this planet, what you are called to, you need to head to youtube.com slash Annie F. Downs TSF. Like that sounds fun because Banning and I keep going talking all about how do you figure out why you are on this planet? If you have not already ordered his book, The Three Mile Walk, I encourage you to do that today. It is so great, y'all. It's so great. And make sure you give him a follow on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places. Tell him thanks so much for being on the show and how much his words meant to you today. They meant a lot to me, too. 
If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. What a great week of shows. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorites in a long time. I just loved it. Absolutely loved these two episodes. I hope you did as well. And we'll do it again next week. So go out and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. And we'll see you back here on Monday for our Ennea Summer Q&A, answering your questions with Suzanne Stabile. That's coming on Monday. We'll see you guys right back here.